It's your favorite podcast with the exhale in the beginning and the theme song. Because <sighs> you know what? Sometimes you just got to let it out. Anyway, my name is Stephanie and this is Sanctioned by Stephanie. And today I welcome one of my uh, one of my favorite people in comedy. Like I really, really enjoy. I enjoy seeing you go off the cuff. I enjoy seeing you grow like from the first time we met at my old room, New Dodge in Hamtramck and uh and you were a completely different person. And then just to see like your entire, your bariatric journey and everything that you've been doing and actually seeing you not walk around with a boot anymore, <laughs> girl, you know, getting healthier, living your life, being, doing your best life in comedy. Everybody put your hands together for Keisha Noai. Probably my favorite crack joker. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello. I am Keisha. No, I. Out in these streets doing all these mics. I am doing my best. I haven't been hitting as many as I used to, but I'm about to get back into it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the show last night. Uh, I was the host. Um, I was hosting every second Saturday of the month, but it is about to change up. So we're going in a different direction. But we had some great comedians that came out and we even had some new comedians Um I had one brand new stank, uh, spanking new comedian named K-Wan. Okay. Who went up there and um, he did pretty good. And um, Isn't it the best to see when people do it their first time? It is. And it, does it make you think of your, thir- your first time too? Yes, because yeah. my first time was actually, believe it or not, in 2009 in Dorian Black's room. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I did it out of uh, um, my big brother. We went to go, uh, me and Dorian went to middle school together, actually, Whitney okay. Young Middle School, and graduated from there together. And um, he contacted me through Facebook and told me that he was a comedian and shared a clip of him being on BET. Okay. And so we went to go see him at They Say. He was hosting the room, mm-hmm. and um, uh, his comedians were late. And so one comedian had went back up twice. And as a comedian, I found out when you go up once and then have to go back twice in the same room mm-hmm. doesn't go over as well. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. and, and unfortunately, we didn't hear him the. Well, fortunately, we we didn't hear him the first time. But when we were sitting there listening, we were just thinking like, "Oh wow, this he's not really that funny." Is what I was thinking. You're right. And, um, my brother was like, "You are way funnier than that guy. You should go up there." And he called Dorian to our table, and we had that big. You know how you kind of like tell your friend, like, "You should make mm-hmm. her go." Mm-hmm. And so Dorian's like, you should. You should go up there because we're still ain't no comedians. And, and you, how bad could you do? Yeah. Just and go up there and talk. How bad could I do? And I think Heather was putting together an all-female show that night. She happened to be there. And Shiny D. And mm-hmm. so my first time, I got invited back to come back to do an all-women show. Nice. And that's how I met Simply Chanel shortly after that. So Nice. But then I got pregnant. Oh. And you got pregnant. And yeah. you took some time off, right? Took a long time off I didn't start back until last year yeah yeah I remember and I remember when you came back too because you were like you were like well I kind of did this before and now you're like now I'm real serious about it yes yeah I was like three times on the stage I don't know how serious I was but it was enough to where simply Chanel uh, was uh, taping at Baker's and she Mm -hmm. wanted me to come and open for her and she introduced me to a manager at that time and I was like like am I really that funny yeah so yeah, you are. You are really thank that you, funny. Thank you. Um, so let's go back. So your brother definitely per, like pushed you a little bit to to get up there. Like, let's talk about your your life, your background growing up. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up on the east side of Detroit, off of Mackinac Elliott. Okay. 
I grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. And um, I was raised in a two-parent home. Um, Good. Yes, my parents uh, got married. I was I was able to attend the wedding. Mm-hmm. Something about a relationship. <laughs> That's 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 real. That's real right there. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be like that. In the eye at that point, yeah. I was like in elementary school. <laughs> You're like, I got a full dress, and I was invited to the wedding. I was a, know, a guest. They had their own wedding party. I was the flower girl. My brother was the ring barrier. <laughs> and they were both old uh-huh. when they decided to have kids. My mother was. She wasn't old. She was 37 when I was born. But my dad was actually 50 when I was born. Boy, wow. Yeah, I am the youngest out of six children. Mm, okay. Not with my mother. My mother only had two. Okay. Um, which is me and my brother. We are 18 months apart. Mm-hmm. I grew up very sheltered, so I never knew I was poor. Until mm. I got pregnant in high school, and my mom was like, yeah, you got to get on welfare. And yeah. I had to go ahead and get some assistance. So had a big reality check then. Um, I graduated from high school. I graduated from Cass Tech in 94. So I Props did for the, that. Yes. Not yes. just anybody can go to Cass Tech. I've, listen, <laughs> I always wanted to get kicked out. But my mother said if I got kicked out, she would kill me. Yeah. Yeah. My brother went to King and and I would be sitting there doing homework with him. And I was a year behind him and he was doing stuff that we had did like last year. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I swear I would like ace it there because every other semester I was on probation at Cast Tech, like threatening to get kicked out. Right, right, right. And I don't know if you guys know about the black household. They didn't they did not. They they believed in spare the rod, spare the child. So you, they would put their hands on you. She wasn't playing. So. Oh yeah, she wasn't playing. She wasn't playing. So I didn't get kicked out. And um, but Cast Tech's prestigious amongst like people people who are from this area. Yes. You know, as a prestigious is one of the best high schools to go to. But yeah, it, it's it's a I love it. I, I I'm I'm glad that my niece and my nephew go there. Mm-hmm. But then I always think like, what did you do after other than had a baby? You know, like I look wow. at my classmates. So I want to. Um, one of my classmates is Nico, who plays Uncle Clifford on P Valley. Okay. Oh my God! No way. We were in the same class. We were on the same stage. Girl, uh, you went to school with Uncle Clifford. I was in the same class with Uncle Clifford, taught by Miss McCormick, one of the drama teachers. And there's um, Joel Steingall, who is an amazing actor. He's been in How to Get Away with Murder. Yep. Um, he's been on the Steve Harvey Show a few times. He's worked with Jim Hansen, like. And I'd be sitting there like, what could I have been if I just decided to go to college? I had a scholarship, but because I knew I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I told my mother and father I decided to stay home and, and wanted to take some time off. And she like, either you're pregnant or you're stupid. Mm. I told her I was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that everything that you've had to go through with, like, you know, because it seems like you have a little bit of regret, but the thing is, is don't you think that that made you better and funnier now going through and living life? I think so. I think yeah. because in life, if you ain't ready for something, regardless, it could be put in your face. Like, I'm a, I'm a certified machinist in the state of Michigan. You are. I can read a blueprint. Mm-hmm. I can build my own machines. I can make my own tools. I can, like, run a CNC machine. I can set up a machine. I have my own line at Caterpillar. But it's, you know, you'd be so many aspects of your life. I went to Focus Hope, uh, mm-hmm. machinist training. And, yeah. um... One of the one of the top females in my class so so much so that I got offered a scholarship to go ahead and get my engineering degree. Nice. But because I was greedy and wanted to make the money, mm-hmm. I decided to go get a job. So another regret. Like, right. oh my God, I could have been an engineer right now, making <laughs> over seven figures a year. But 
again, I don't regret anything because I, I feel, feel like, like everything happens for a reason, though, because it's like yeah. it's like because look at how how much you're flourishing now with with your comedy. Yes. You know, and like in your 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 booking, your host, you got a monthly gig, you're booking things and you're making like so much material like I have heard, I haven't heard you do a set in a while. I know that when I hear you, it's going to be completely different. You know because what I mean? Because my sets, you were funny, which is so funny because I went to the, which I'm going to go back this year again, it's the comedian convention that Hope Plus in hosted. Atlanta? Yes, and this year it's going to be in L.A., which I have older sisters. My oldest sister is 73 years old. Oh, my god. I'm goodness. old enough to be her child. So it's it's really, so I have a lot of family in California. In so Cali. That I'll be down okay. there this year. But um, I was so comfortable before I went to the comedy convention with my comedy, mm-hmm. with my style, because I don't write and everybody is like you gotta write we've talked about this before you gotta write i don't care what so i don't even tell people anymore that i don't write because the first thing they say is you gotta write and i'm like but what you do do is exactly what it's just a different way of writing okay because what you do is you record yourself I, and you know what? I don't do that you, all the time a lot of that be just stuff off the top of my head just yeah fill in the crowd go up there and a lot of it be, I pray before I say anything. I pray before I even talked on this mic. If y'all saw me, like, bow my head. Yeah. I'd be like, God, my mouth and God, my words, and let me be relatable. Not so always want to be so funny. Right. I think people react more to you when you're relatable because it's that moment of saying, like, oh, my God, like, you get it. Yeah. You get that. Like, we could talk about bariatric and the stuff that you go through yeah. and not being able to eat. And yeah. I remember crying because I was so goddamn thirsty, but I was so full. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I exactly. just want some water. <laughs> so, so let's talk, let's, let's talk some more. So you, um, so you got married, right? Yes, ma'am. In 2014, but we met, um, a year after my dad died. Okay. Um, he was going through some issues and he was actually married at the time that we, um, met. Well, he was separated. Okay. Um, and then his wife, he was, his wife had weight loss surgery. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, we end up, he ended up going home to take care of her after cause they had a child together. Okay. And so he wanted to go home and, um, be there for his child and kind of help her through it. So I'm like, well, if you guys gonna get back together, then. he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a threesome to that. You know? <laughs> I am nobody's side bitch. <laughs> hey. I mean, I, I will choose, but it'll be of my own choosing. You know, like, let me, let me. <laughs> like, I don't want you choosing it for me. So we separated. And then when he got, I guess he filed for divorce, he called me and was like, listen, I, I filed for divorce. And I was like, oh, well, great. Well, then we can, we can hang out again. Yeah. So that's kind of. And then you guys have a son, a child together? Yes. We have a 12 year old together. He'll be 13 in, um, in July, I always I told him I was like, and I he's need- the one that kicked you off the stage for a minute because <laughs> yes. you had a baby. <laughs> so backstory to this, I felt like Melvin, who is my husband, I, t- I felt like he did that on purpose. We have been together for almost six years, never had any problems, but started doing comedy. I was doing plus size modeling at the time. Wait, wait, you said you feel like he did that on purpose? He got you pregnant on purpose? Yes. <laughs> But then he this was is, trying to steal your thunder. But this is a backstory to the backstory. Go ahead. A year before this, we went to his family. I mean, not his family, his company picnic. He He's a city of Detroit worker, and they had the company picnic at Bella And somebody brought in this little boy, baby boy, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's so cute. And I held it up, and I showed him to Melvin. I'm like, can we have one of these? And he said, sure. 
a little boy? I said, a little boy. He said, all right. And we all laughed because we're out there drinking, having mm-hmm. a good time. Oh, he knocked you up with that baby dumpling. Girl, when we went back <laughs> next year in July. it's pregnant. I had the baby. We was carrying the car seat. Everybody laughed. Everybody was like, you really gave her that? I was like, I was just bullshit. Yeah, bullcrapping. I don't know if you can you cuss. Can, you can cuss. Yeah, I was bullshitting, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, you can fucking say whatever you want. <laughs> so, there is power in the word, but just be careful what you say. You yeah, know, yeah. But the, Oh, my goodness. You will it into existence. And what? And that's how he's here. <laughs> dun, 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 like. dun, 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 dun. And, uh, and uh, how is it having a tween? Um, It's funny. And, you know, what's so weird is... I thought I wanted to be a parent, but I think I just wanted it for the taxes. Girl, I'm for telling the- you, I'm living my best life right now. I went, I went and got crab legs. I'm Come telling on. you, like, yes, yes. I haven't even filed. So I haven't filed yet. So when you get in a different tax bracket, taxes become unfun. Like, it's not a big, like, I don't rush to do it no more. I'm that person, like, April 15th. I'm like, can we get an extension? Because. Mm-hmm. Not that I always owe, and I'm glad that I still got this one child that's under 18. <laughs> I was like, that's why I really why black people put their kids out of 18. I can't claim your ass on these taxes no more. You got to go. If you ain't in school, you got to go. I got to ask you, your oldest child. Yes. Uh, how old? 28. And a uh, boy, girl. A boy, two boys. Do you have same? Okay. All right. So two boys. Did you, do you miss not having a girl? I do. I kind of did too. But. I never, so when I was pregnant with my first son, I did want a girl. Mm-hmm. But because of the name I picked, God was like, no, thank you, ma'am. What and was we the just name? not going to have that out here walking. I was pretty in love with my um, first, you know, well, not in love. I was, you know, head over heels. So his name was going to be Joe Asia. It was going to be a combination of Joe and Keisha together. <laughs> <laughs> so God said, Joe no, Asia. man. Joe Asia. So what did you name your first son? His name is Joseph. He's named Joseph. after his okay. father. Named after his father. And your and your um and your baby. His name is Jacob. Jacob. So you got two J's. Yes, and believe it or not, his father has six kids and all his kids' names start with J too. Really? It is, he's like, Oh, you took after me. I'm like <laughs> This is faith. Sorry. This is fate. <laughs> That's all it is. I we just have want to him be, to be able to get a job when he gets out here in the world. I named both <laughs> our boys B names because of his name is Ben. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm like Bo and Brett. There we go. Yeah. Easy. Easy peasy. Japan. Did he like my youngest son? When we were thinking of names like I think his dad said Malik. I was like, oh, I know it's biblical, but I don't really like that name. I didn't. Malachi. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you. And he ended up being Jacob Alexander McClain, which is jam. Ah, I said that on the delivery table because I couldn't think of his middle name. And I'm like, Jacob. And the nurse was like, Alexander. And I was like, McClain jam. So either he could be a lawyer mm-hmm. or he can be a, a, a big Teddy Riley like producer person <laughs> with his own. Right. Which fits him perfectly because he sings all the time. So It was funny when you say jam. Um, so like my ADHD kind of blocked me and I didn't know how to spell Benjamin when I first met him. And he was like, just it's Benjamin. <laughs> like yeah. Benjamin. That's it. That's all, you gotta, that's all you gotta do. How about I was trying to teach my oldest to write his name in middle school and was spelling it wrong. Oh, jeez. J-O-S-E-P-H. I think I was putting it P-E-H. Oh, really? Yeah. They like, girl. Dude, I spelled maybe, you know, like M-A-Y, like maybe. I always spelled it M-A-B-Y, <laughs> like when I was a kid. Sound right. I thought it was maybe. Like, I thought, I don't know. Maybe. Like, maybe. 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 Anyway, um, 
so you got into comedy. You're coming. You're back. Yes. Right now. And then when I first met you, you were you had a lot of health problems. I did. Yeah. You you were diabetic. Yes. Right. And you always walked. You always had a boot on. Yes. And then you made a life changing decision. And we're kind of sisters in this. Okay. For real. Because like I remember when you decided that you were going to do it, you said it to me. Right. You know, because we talked about it because I was doing my bariatric bit always. Right. So um, it's a lot different now, I think. I think it's a lot more restrictive than when I did it because, like, I kind of had to figure things out on my own 10 years ago. Okay. You know, but you had the same surgery that I had. You had gastric sleeve surgery. Um, oh, no, I had the bypass. The oh, you had bypass. Bi- oh, you had bypass. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you had sleeve. I didn't want to do it again. Okay. Okay. A lot of people that had the sleeve, they always said that they... um. They picked the weight back up and then they had to go back and get the bypass. Well, like, I mean, I'm living proof. Like I, I've, I've had, I was 550. I'm 250 right now. I, I don't really need, I don't want to like, I'll tighten up. Right. But I don't need to like drop 60 pounds. Like right. I'm like, I'll be 200 pounds and be happy. Amen. You know, that's how I feel with it. Amen. Um, My whole thing was, is like, I did it to have kids. Okay. You know, but I mean, like there were health problems too. I, did. I had diabetes too. But you know, what's so weird is before I didn't, I was one of those people that was really against it. Um, I was telling this to my best friend, which is so weird because I used to laugh with, I, I had uh, went to counseling probably, I used to work at Starbucks to look at my many lives. Mm-hmm. So I used to work at Starbucks and um, at that time I was going through with another partner. We were going to do it together. His name was Chris. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we went to the first consultation and it was like, you would never be able to eat sugar again. I was like, yeah. hold up. So no more birthday cake. So, like birthday cake outweighed being healthy at that point. So I didn't want to have to change up the way I ate because I felt like if that's I wasn't going to leave, if I didn't, mm-hmm. if I didn't change it up on my own, mm-hmm. why would I do a surgery? And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be committed to that because mm-hmm. I'm going to want that. I'm going I'm to get that goddamn cake and I'm going to probably put myself. I wasn't disciplined enough. And then. Even with diabetes, I wouldn't even take my diabetic medication. My doctors would be so mad at me because they would be like, "Miss Kent, yeah, your your sugar, your A one C is a eleven, your A one C is a twelve, and what are you doing?" And like, I went through all the issues, and then it wasn't until I lost my toe in two thousand and thirteen, I had got an infection and um, ended up getting my to- deciding to get my toe amputated. It wasn't necessarily necessary at that time, but. It was a speedier way. Right. So I find out that the, the, the cycle in my life is I always made the easier, quick choices. So if I can, if there's anybody listening, do not go with the quick, easy choice <laughs> in life. Go ahead, work. figure it out and do the work part of it. Because the, the end result of all of that was I am constantly having issues with this foot. Like you said, when you met me, this happened in 2013. You met me 2013. 20, 21, 21, yeah. 22 coming out of the yeah. pandemic. Yep. So I'm in and out that boot like every six months because they were telling me at the time, mm-hmm. your weight, yeah. weight, your diabetes, your white diabetes. And then I almost lost my life in August of 2021 from an infection in that same foot yeah. and had to go in an oxygen chamber where I was in there for an hour. And it was this small chamber and it's locked, it's vacuum sealed. And if you have claustrophobic, Mm-hmm. This is not it because you can't have a panic. I had a panic attack my second time in there because I was talking to somebody. Yeah. My sister. And they're uh-huh. like, oh, my God. And it's like being in the coffin. And how you laying in there? And so the second, and because of all that in my head, 
I had a panic attack in there and they could not get me out of there for 10 minutes. So feeling like you buried alive. Yeah. And you can't breathe, but you can see everybody in there telling me we can't open this up because the air pressure is like an airplane. It's like taking you and, and, and open that door, your lungs will explode. Exactly. It'll yeah. kill you immediately. So we have to <coughs> shut down. And so after that experience, I was like, let me go ahead and get the, you say weight loss surgery, lose the weight. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> that was it. That, that was the final decision for Damn, me. Damn, that's wild. And I didn't want to go back. Like I said, I started interviewing. Like, excuse me, so you had weight loss surgery. So which one do you have? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How long has it been? And my niece who's a few months older than me, was the biggest inspiration. I went to California to see my sister, who I hadn't seen since I was 10 years old. Okay. Because I told them, fuck them. I'm going to go home (laughs) where my daddy had that loves me and raised Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. I was real disrespectful. But anyway, I... um, she, she, we all are from time to time. You know, I was little. It, I was, it, it is what it is. I was spoiled by mm-hmm. my daddy. And, um, but my niece had had the surgery, and she had the the bypass as well. And uh-huh. she was like, listen, auntie, don't do that sleeve because... You're yeah. not going to lose as much weight as you need to. She to said healthy. you'll lose it. She'll say, but with the sleeve, your body can readjust to eating again. Mm-hmm. You can... Like, that part of your stomach is completely gone. I can still pick up weight again. Like, that. that's... But I, do I would I recommend this to somebody else? It depends on that person. Yeah, honestly. it depends on it depends on what your situation is too. Because I used to think it was easy. I always feel like laugh, like no, I did it the easy way, and I'm like, no, the hell, I didn't. Let me quit lying. Yeah, I make that joke all the time. It's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy because it's been a. Lot. I don't even know who I am. Like at yesterday at our, our brunch, I told mm-hmm. you guys, like I don't know who this person is. I'm, yeah. I'm like a size 12 now. I went from a size 30, 32. Right. Right before the surgery, I had lost enough weight till I was a 20, 20, like a 22, 24. And you couldn't tell me nothing. And I was like, girl. Yeah, bitch. I'm like an 18 and I'm like, wow. Listen, I haven't been this small since high school. I have mm-hmm. never, I don't think I've been this small since middle school. Really? So I don't even know what this person is mm-hmm. like. It's a mind fuck. Fucks, I can't eat. I, my favorite thing right now is soup. Yeah. Because you get liquid and a little food. Like exactly. You get a little bit of everything. No, I lived on soups for two years. Ask him. I would make, I, I would look up soups, different kinds of things. Like I was making like pasol. Like yeah, I didn't what know the what the hell this? That's a Mexican soup with hominy in it. Like I was like, I need a little bit of kind of corn. I need a little bit of this, you know. I was making like broccoli cheddar soup. Like I was making every kind of soup yes. you could think of. It was, it was wild. Um, so I kind of got a little off track. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple things. Cause we did. And, 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 and I love how you talk about mukbang videos because like, I literally, that's like how yeah. I get my food cravings out. I just sit there and watch people eat fucking crab legs all day, you know, whatever. Like, yes. whatever. I'm craving. Um, so what made you realize you were funny? I have been told I was funny my whole entire life, your it- whole entire life. Ever since I was a little kid, my mm-hmm. and I, I talk about my brother and me don't talk anymore, and I miss him dearly. God bless him. I be I be like pray for me and my pray for my brother. They be like, oh my God, you lost him. I'm like, yeah, in 2017. They be like, how? I'm like, he don't talk to me no more. <laughs> he just don't fuck with me no more. Yeah. Like, what did you do? At this point, I don't even know. I totally get that. I didn't sleep with his wife or anything. So <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I didn't kill one of his kids. <laughs> Whatever else it is, you can, you can we can move on and forgive. But he's a Taurus, so I also oh. about Taurus. Like, okay, what's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. Oh, you Sag. Okay. All I'm right. Cra- I'm November Sag. Though. Oh, I like November. to tell people I'm a Scorpius because I'm on a Scorpius. Okay. All right. So you're a harder Sag. I'm, I'm an easy Sag. I'm not you're that crazy. Easy? Not yeah. that crazy. The December is crazy. Okay. It's All real. Right. It's All cat right. shit. <laughs> Did anyone encourage you to pursue comedy? Actually. Uh, my brother, my dad actually 
um, was in a group when he was younger. Um, my dad was born in 1927, so you can imagine. He played the piano or something, but he had to stop. So when I was about nine years old, y'all, believe this or not, we were at our family house. My dad had a large family, and so we, my mother did too, but we were at a family dinner, and all the kids was in the kitchen. And on my dad's side, we have a bunch of scholars, so teachers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And everybody's sitting around asking the kids what they want to do when they grow up. And mm-hmm. I was so excited to get my turn because... Everybody's talking about teacher, doctor, bus driver, police officer, all the stuff that you know your parents want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a singer slash actress because I would sit in my room in the mirror and talk and interview myself. Mm-hmm. And I said it. And my dad was alcoholic, so he was always off somewhere drunk, not really paying attention. But for some <laughs> reason, he heard me say yeah. singer slash actress. And he came from around the corner out of nowhere in front of everybody music playing and told me, don't ever tell nobody else that stupid ass shit. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You ain't going to make no money being no goddamn singer Damn. or no actress. Don't nobody make no money off that. And so after that, I didn't know what I wanted to be. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what the fuck. You're like, dad just crushed my dreams. I don't like, want to be a doctor. Swoop. Like, that's too long to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a teacher and deal with people, kids all goddamn I don't want to be a lawyer and have to deal with all that. And so when people are like, well, what do you like? I'm like, I like people. And they're yeah. like, oh, my God, you should be a nurse. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be a cook. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be the, the president. I don't want to make have to make big decisions for people and shit. Like, I don't want right. any of that. And so that's why I did it. Like, machining. I worked at Starbucks. I, my favorite job in the world was Starbucks, though. Really? Yeah, but my brother's who got me into comedy. He was the one with Dorian Black. Yeah. He, my whole life, he has been my promoter. If we mm-hmm. were somewhere, he'd be like, my sister can sing. Sing. And I'm like, no. He'd be like, sing it. Like, Amazing. He was like, oh, <laughs> you flat. So my brother has was always he was like my worst enemy, but my he was like my yin to my yang. So he pers- he he encouraged you a lot. He encouraged me, and he talked about me being fat. So I I was out, you know, I could take a good fat joke outside the house and shit. You know, it's always good when you can take a good fat joke, girl. especially being a thick girl. You know, I used to make people uncomfortable. They'd be like, "Listen, you talking about yourself so bad. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable." Like, oh. <laughs> I was just waiting, trying to beat you to it. Um, who are your influences in comedy? Like back in the day, like any stand up that really stood out to you that really influenced you? Of course, Monique. Definitely. She was the big girl of comedy. Oh, yes. Fuck you, skinny bitches. And now I feel like she's her. still like, fuck you. She's like the Illuminati. <laughs> now like, she got a hold. I'm like that too, because fat girls be like, bitch, quit saying you a big girl now. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. I don't feel skinny. Well, you know, it's I feel like I feel like once you're fat, you can't go back. That's what <laughs> you I know, say. like that's, that's what, how I feel. Thank you. Yes. I'm gonna say that too. I'm like, once you go fat, I'm like, shit, if I was once fat, I'm always fat. Always, always, always fat in the mind and everything. But yeah, uh, definitely Monique, uh, Robert Harris. Um Eddie Murphy mm. is a classic. And uh, Hercules, Hercules. Sorry, I just had to do Simply that. Simply Chanel, believe it or not. Thea. Simply Chanel is a great, she's a great female showrunner and comic here in the scene. They, and like, she's, she's about she's her amazing. business. She's, she's amazing. About, and, and her her presence, she, she calls me and checks on me from time to time. Like, she may not see me and she'll just call and say, hey. Yeah. You just was on my mind right now. I wanted to call and check on you. And, you know, that that speaks volumes. Since I came back to comedy, everybody that I've come across, you, Stephanie, yeah. T-Barb, Ronnie Chanel, the women in comedy, and even the men, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, I'm glad nobody has really been, like, trying to sleep with me. I ain't got <laughs> to that part of it yet, you know. 
you you get to flirting, but I laugh it off and shit. Like you kind of have to just do that because I look at it all a joke. Like boy, we work together, we ain't making no money. You- like literally, Melanie Hearn said it to me, and she said it to me really, really like it was it stuck with me. And she was like, "We are coworkers." Melanie, you ain't fucking anyone at the job. You ain't fucking anyone on comedy. That's what it is. And I forgot to mention her too. Um, Amazing. Something nobody ever know is we were on the battle of the sexes uh, last summer together. Mm -hmm. And so it was an incident where I didn't get paid. Um, Mm. And I was told because I really wasn't, um, they didn't really make any money off the event. Okay. Um, But also I really wasn't, a big name like everybody else. Right. Like, and it was like, so I had to pay them first. And when I paid them, it really ain't no money for you, which Melanie overheard the conversation and was like, that's not fair. You were told you were going to get paid for a job. And she split her money that she had got paid with me to, to, to like, my girl to, to gave it and gave me money. When was like, you came out your gas, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you took the time to come out. So I felt like you, and she didn't do it in front of nobody. She didn't like to, and, and I don't even think she's ever told him. This is my first time telling, you know, telling somebody other than my husband at home because I was like, no, no. And she wouldn't take it back. Like, right. it was like, you know how Melanie is like, girl, get. No, she's Melanie is she's Grand River and Finkel. Every, and, and <laughs> the very first the, time I met her, she, she was, she's serious about this. Baby. You know, like she's like, I take care of people. Melanie's taking me on quite a few little Listen. like excursions and giving me opportunities. The first time she met me was at Tony Roney's baseball mm-hmm. game. I think it was when I met everybody. Okay. And she sat down and like, listen, sis, these guys out here. And she just broke it down. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was kind of scared. I'm like, I don't, I hope it don't be no BS. But I think she was just preparing me like, you know, stay focused, do your yeah. thing. And when I say it has been such a blessing, even with Tony Roney, you hear all the stories about people. Melanie's the realest bitch, though. Just by the way, T Barb <laughs> and T Barb too. Listen, like, but like I'm, I'm like literally when it comes down to like make sure somebody is taken care of and gets paid. Like I mean, Melanie really she'll go above and beyond. That's why I try. Like if if I'm I'm booking her for a show. She, I want to take care of her too. And you know, because to- even Toy Too Tall, I love Toy Too. Yeah, Toy Too Tall has given me opportunities. T Barb, T Barb, all on. of them. Yeah. So I can't say. So I would say, you know, just the Detroit comedy scene right now. Jason, I mean, uh, Josh Adams is amazing yeah. and has been. Oh, everybody has been so open in, and being in comedy. I found out that Fago Red is my cousin. Oh, really? Hilarious. That's like, so funny. So whenever we see each other, we be like, hey, we don't know how we cousins, but somebody in his family called him like, hey, mm-hmm. you know that Keisha Noah is your cousin. So I'm like, well, cousin. Hey, dig- cousin. Yeah, Fago is a buddy. I like him. Okay. Yeah, he's funny as hell, too. Like, Amen. we did that um, Ronnie Chanel uh, Toledo Funny Bone competition, and he he won that night with uh, Dick Dickerson. Both of them like Super advanced. Funny. It was so funny. fucking funny. Dick Dickerson so. is so funny too. Dick, Dick He's Dickerson. Out of Ohio, right? Uh, out of Ohio, but also like from Sag Nasty. <laughs> so so yeah. But I, I've done a couple shows with him. He's really really funny. Um, last thing. So besides your influences in this scene and 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 abroad, who makes you laugh right now? Like. It could be national. It could be in the comedy scene. It could be somebody that's just an open micer. Anybody that really stands out to you and makes you really laugh. Right now, let's see. Makes me really laugh. That one dude that you guys did the Ronnie Chanel, you guys, uh, Crack Jokers versus Mike uh, Larry. 
blind man. The blind man. He's funny. Oh my God. The blind I, man is funny. And the going joke is, is he really blind? Because he blind is. man will say some things that you will say, is wait, he, what? Can you see? <laughs> we listen. I, and I always tell the story too. If I have to introduce him on stage, I had to, I, I didn't have to, but I was asked to pick him up to come to the comic vibe and, I go pick him up, and I'm like, I don't know if I should go to the door. Because at this time, I'm at the boot. And I'm like, oh, that's all we need. Blind and And disabled, disabled. right? Like, all we need is crazy at this point, right? We're just missing third person. And so when I pull up to his house, he comes right out as if he, you know, heard the car park in the park in the driveway. And he comes up to the car, and he walks up to the car and opens the door and get in. And, Uh you know, he feels for the seatbelt. So all this is normal. That's cool, you know, because he can hear. He got his ears. Yeah. But as we driving down the street, he stops and he said, oh, man. He said, I got on the green shoes instead of the blue ones, don't I? So I'm like, what? I'm looking down and I said, yes. How do you, how do you know that? And he said, um, yeah, because one of them leather, one pat leather. But it messed me up so bad because I'm like, how <laughs> did he know the color? Or he'll be like, yeah, me and my sis both light-skinned. I'm like, we was just at an event the other yeah. day, and I said, I would wear this dress again, but the blind man seen me. He said, yeah, because I saw you in that green dress. Now, how the hell did you know I had on this green dress? He said, you said it when you came in. So he listens it's, for things, and, and then he he'll picks say, it all up. Picks it up and repeat yeah. it back. And you'll be like, oh, my God, but you, you don't know that you said it. And you'll be like, wait. And, like, yeah. mm-hmm. and he laughs. So I love. So blind man is really funny, and someone else. I think honestly, I want to I want to throw out a name to you, okay? Because um, you guys made like a, a such a friendship at a Hammer and Nail, <laughs> okay? Patty Rooney, she adores you. I love her too. Yeah, like we. I've met nobody I don't love. I know, right? It's right. Like, Everybody's like, and it's so funny because it's like we're we're probably the same kind of woman where we grew up around the same time. How old are you? I am forty six years old. Okay, so you're only a couple years older than I'm forty three. Yeah, so, seventy six. Yeah, so we grew up around the same time. You know, we didn't have cell phones mm-hmm. until we were older, older. You know, right. we were already out of high school when Paying that came for your around. Own bill, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, and the thing is, is like I feel like in school there were very little women that I connected with mm-hmm. and like when I got into this comedy scene it's like I connect with so many of us women and we just had the women of comedy brunch yesterday amazing the third one shout out to Julia Labrell great great job organizing that Chrissy Kinney and T-Barb yes always it's fantastic and a special shout out to Miss Sarah for uh, entertaining yes. my granddaughter who told me no when it was time to go <laughs> she said just leave her here I ain't never heard her talk that much <laughs> Yeah, Julia's Julia's family um, and her roommate were were helping out with the event too, and that was it was it was a great time. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, it's always good when all of us women get together, and it's like, and it's funny because we all had this big table and we all sit down, you know, and we we talk and everything, and it's just like, it's just like we all connect mm-hmm. on some sort of level. Like I can sit there with Tam White, or I can sit there with Patty Rooney, or I can sit there with you. Or I can talk to Johanna, yes. you know, like it's like it's it's like we all have this love for the laughter Come and goodness. making and making people laugh. But I think that's natural for women because we're natural nurturers. Yeah. So we naturally want to make people feel good when they're around us, whether we're cooking. Yeah. Whether we're feeding them some type of inspiration, laugh. And in our cases, we just all commit to laugh, making people laugh. And it'd be our real life stories. You know, we'd be t- we're telling 
what's really going on in our in our life and we have the courage to get up there and, and a lot of this stuff is the stuff that people don't even want to talk about right. or say you know like skin surgery removal or exactly watching mung bones because you can't <laughs> eat anymore you know like <laughs> right exactly. i'm a different type of greedy now <laughs> or being able to wipe your ass properly now that oh you're smaller how, how did you think your asshole moved because i thought my asshole moved when i so lost this weight. is the blessing i never lost the ability my arms because i am a tall big girl okay like, you're I'm tall five, yeah i'm like five seven yeah so people when i would tell them like and i'm so they'd be like girl you is not that big i'm like i'm 300 they'd be like you is that big like, <laughs> oh. so i was lucky i didn't um didn't that a part of it is is weird um wasn't weird but what was weird for me is to be able to bend over and tie my shoe and my shoelaces or my bow is right at the front in the center where it's supposed to be girl what you could tell because you'd have to like lift your foot up, try to like put it up and like prop it and do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. it wasn't gonna happen. No, Unless no, I put no. it up on a step or something. And it, but I was out of breath a little bit. So. There was a point when I was so fat that I literally was like, okay, I need to find an apparatus of some sort to help me like wipe. <laughs> you know Listen. what I mean? Because my arms are very small. I have short arms. You're like, I have T Rex arms. T Rex. <laughs> I can't do this shit. My ex boyfriend said it was such a difference. He saw me and he was like, it's such a difference because you used to walk around with holes in your clothes and on the back of your shoes which i don't remember no stuff like that that's why i was like listen the way i grew up i am very vain mm-hmm. i do not go out with hair rags on my head right i do not want to go out in tattered clothes i was depressed at one moment in life but that was like never with him so i don't know what he was talking about but yeah but you've always been fresh to death i listen yeah. my mother was my dad first of all used to be like listen bitch you might be fat but you ain't fucking ugly Exactly. My mother was a big woman, and on my dad's side, he had a sister that was big, but she was known for dressing and known for being light on her feet and mm-hmm. dancing and and doing jazz. My dad's side of the family is a jazz family. I have a cousin who's a world-renowned jazz musician right now that's okay. traveling and doing stuff. So I always had and a presence about myself, like, fake it till you make it. Yeah. So even if I didn't feel good, mm-hmm. I would just, like, okay, put some lipstick on. and. Yep. Like, I, I know exactly how you feel. Mascara on your and, and you know what? We're at the point now where we're not, we're not faking it till we make it anymore. Girl. Yeah. And we embrace that about ourselves. Some days, though. Some, some days. Da- some days I'm just like, God, I fucking suck. <laughs> you know, like I just get so mad at myself. But we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with the Unsanctioned Seven and more Keisha Noai. Yay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, the Downriver Diva presents Diva Cup 4 at Parts and Labor Bar in Melvindale. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And our theme is totally 80s. One of your judges for the night will be this woman right here. The yes. winner of Diva Cup 3. Visionary speech. Come on, ho! I wanna dance with somebody. Yes, baby, come on out! It is I, the diva queen extraordinaire, comedian, visionary speaks winner of the Diva Cup Three, baby. (laughs) We need you to come on out, come on out, come on out. We are having this Diva Cup 4 80s edition, baby. Come out in your flair and 80s do wear, okay? We want to see yes. it the house down, baby. Put on the looks, put on the wig, put on the pants with the floats. All right, let's get the shoes with the boats. All right, let's do the things, honey. Come on out, Diva Cup number 
four. <laughs> we are doing the most, and it is going to be a great night. Please come out. It is 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Parts and Labor Bar on April the 8th. Uh, I will be in my m- most uh, Madonna attire. Like <laughs> so please, like a virgin. All right. We're going to take your virginity with this improv comedy competition. All right, people. So make sure you come out and make sure you support everything with DRD Entertainment, the Downriver Diva. Thank you. And come out to Diva Cup 4. See you. See you there. there. Give it up for Keisha No I, everybody. Can people. Thank you. Yes, we need we need clap. We need laughter. We need applause. I live for the applause. All right, Keisha. You um all right, so you are a crack joker. I am. You are a crack joker. And uh do you want to uh talk about and promote anything you got coming up with uh the crack jokers? Well, of course, we have comedy there every Friday and Saturday starting by 8 p.m. And it normally goes to about 10.30 to 11 p.m. with a bunch of comedians. But the uh, next big thing that is going on with the Crack Jokers is actually next Sunday. That is going to be the 19th, I believe. Um, We are going to be doing our Spring Comedy Festival. Okay. And um, it's going to be in Dearborn. And mm-hmm. I am so unprepared for that question. That's okay. It's okay. Um, so the comedy festival, what does that entail, though? Is that is that going to be just a just stand up com just stand up comedy? Or is it going to have? Are you going to ha- you guys having anything else going on, or is it just going to be like a showcase? Or yes, it's going to okay. be stand up comedy um, with the Crack Jokers, and um, it's going to be they're going to actually be filming. So this oh, is okay. it's going to be filmed. This is going to be filmed and kind of pitched um, to to different networks and stuff. But it is actually the nineteenth. Uh, Showtime is at seven because it is uh, Sunday. Okay. Store uh, doors will be opening at six, and um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of the theater name. I'm trying to get you guys a theater name. I'm like I'm so bad. That's okay. We can come back to it. We can revisit it. Um. So uh. So. I want one thing I want to clear up about the crack jokers is uh, we see the posters. We see all the faces. Yes. Not every show has every single person on it, right? No, no, not at all. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up for everybody. Um, And and you and you guys basically like showcase certain people on every show, right? So, no, it it is not certain people. I I want to say for like my show. if you come, if you if you show up, you go up. Okay. It's that type of thing. Um, so it don't necessarily have to be just crack jokers, which I love about Tony, but we do try to get the crack jokers on first yeah. and then um, let newer comedians come in. And right. Like last stuff. night I, I wanted to come out, but I ended up not coming out at all and getting like way behind on my schedule of the night. And I, I was just you're like, you're a busy lady. I, I was like, oh man. Um, but yeah, you were like, yeah, definitely. You guys can come have and we are not like, yeah, we're not yeah. a gang or anything. No. It's very open arms. It's just a, um, it's just a group of people. That's what you need to say. We are not a gang because people are like, is they this do. a comedy gang? Like, what's going on? It's like Mike Larry's class versus Crack Jokers, and it's like all y'all just that was everybody's so cool and intermingling. You know what I mean? Like everybody's cool and intermingling. I anyway. love Danny. I love Malachi. Mm-hmm. I love Uncle Smooth. Uh-huh. Like. 
everybody over there. Um, Nico. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. I call Nico the black Gumby. <laughs> he, he looks he like Gumby. He broke, uh, broke uh, Dave Chappelle, but he coming up, so he ain't going to be that broke that much longer. But I did get the place. The Spring Comedy Festival is actually going to be at the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center located okay. on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn, okay. and it is next Sunday. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. Tony, like, Ike, I'm going to get fined for that. Like. <laughs> It's all right. Tony's not. He's not that vicious. He's not. He's He's always in the green room. He's happy as fuck. Come on. That's what we do. You keep it real mellow and chill. I love the videos you guys did. The green room. And actually, that's the truth. Tony is out in the car in the parking lot at Starters Bar. And that's where the Comic Vibe Room is. Anybody, if you if you don't know, um, you can check out the Crack Jokers at the Comic Vibe Room at Starters Bar on Plymouth Road. Yes. So um, and uh also, they have amazing food. <laughs> you won't get robbed at the door. Somebody just told me the other day, like, oh, my God, you'll get robbed in the door. And I'm like, what are you talking what? about? They have a bouncer at the door. And he's Somebody's, a big guy. He's good. He's checking you every time. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, he patted me down like five times the one night. And I just was like, I, I think I just let him, you know, like I just was point. like, yeah, go ahead. Now, is the service going to be super fast and speedy? Not always. <laughs> Not always. But the food is really, really good. The really, really good. are really, really strong. And. I love all of the waitress and wait staff. You mm-hmm. know, my favorite is Aunt over there. He's a oh, young man yeah, with yeah. dreads, and yeah. he, um, and the young lady that does our room every weekend. And I apologize for not remember her name, but she. She is sister girl, and I love mm-hmm. her. Yeah, I love her. You yeah. Know what you gonna get with her? It's a good. It's a good room, and when and when people are there, when there's a lot of people there, like mm-hmm. it's it's always a good good energy. You know, like and and I uh, I've I've done it. Man, probably just a handful of times. And but. you never know who's going to show up. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had Howie Bell. We've yeah. had Mike Larry. We've yeah. had Josh Adams a few times. Marv's, Marv rolls through all oh the time. Oh, my God. Marv, uh, ama- another amazing comedian out of Detroit, the underground. Your concert. cousin, Fago. I've Fago seen Red, him roll my through favorite. there. Kev Johnson yes. always rolls through. Kev Johnson is underrated, too. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Jay Wheel mm-hmm. has come through a few times. Of course, Mr. Popcorn himself, who's one of our mentors as well, that... Hosts, um, we have classes yeah. every other week at his home. He opens up Good. his home to us. So. Good. I love that. I love that. Um, Jay Will, the man who who coined the phrase, <laughs> told me that I was hot Roseanne. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on, hot Roseanne. Jay Will. Love that man. He's so funny. Um, so we're going to do the Unsanctioned 7. Okay. It's the seven random questions that we do with every guest here on Sanctioned by Stephanie. Um, Sometimes we do the same questions. Sometimes we repeat. Sometimes they're completely new and off the cuff. And I come up with them out of the top of my head. So we're going to do the first question for you, Keisha. Okay. Is, would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse or live through another isolating pandemic live through another isolating pandemic i love that pandemic y'all <laughs> I, i'm telling you i want a, a remake. i want a redo i want to redo i'm gonna do it right this time i need another vacation <laughs> listen you could call in call off work real easy during the pandemic you know now you got to come up with all kinds get to the doctor you be like i got a sniffle they like we won't see you for 10 days don't even worry about it if you think you have covid you have to go get like a 15 minute test and then tell your boss if you're okay or not and go to work or not then you got to wait, though. You got to wait for results. It was a nice little time. You got paid for it. Mm-hmm. I worked in the medical field. I said this time, though, I'm going to get fired for sure so I can get all that, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> hard time. And- Pandemic part due. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see here. 
Um, have you ever cheated on an exam? Yes. When? Elaborate. <laughs> Almost all of them. Almost all of them? Yes. And so... Um, what was your method of cheating? So uh, the worst way I ever cheated, and it, it, it karma came back instantly, is um, at Cast Tech, I was skipping a lot and um, wasn't... It was failing uh, English. And so one of the big projects at the end of the semester that was a big portion of our grade was to do a report that you had to investigate and do all this stuff. And I decided I wasn't going to do it because I didn't have time to do it. I was skipping. And so um, I paid somebody to do the project for me, and they did it on the expense of a wedding, the cost of a wedding, what it would go through. <coughs> and I thought it was beautiful. I was like, damn near, this bitch can open up her own business because she really did it. Right. I needed at least a C on this project. But when I read it, I thought it was at least an A. Like, there's no way that I'm not Like, it was get, clutch, yeah. I got, I'm out of here. I'm graduating. I'm going to walk across the stage mm-hmm. on time. But I had to go to summer school. But anyway, I still graduated. <laughs> they don't ask you that when they be like, did you graduate? But anyway, I got a D. A D? Guess why? Why? Because at Cast Tech, they give you a criteria of how you're being graded, what you're looking for, and I provided too much information. It was too many pages. It was too much information. It was too thorough. Slap you cheated you in- too well. I cheated too well. So that, um, so now I just started plagiarizing after that. Like, the hell with this. <laughs> Girl, I feel you on that. I'm like, when the, fir- when the internet first came out, it was like... Um, Copy, paste. Yes, take <laughs> yeah. this word out to make it look different. Let me just write this right here for myself, you know? So Take the off and just go ahead and start with the first word. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the most embarrassing thing that you've had happen to you in public? The most embarrassing thing that has happened... Like, I have totally ripped ass in front of people on accident. <laughs> oh. Anything embarrassing that has happened to you? The most embarrassing thing that has happened to me in public was uh, one of the times I was at my biggest. So this had to be in like 1999 or 98 or whatever. And I went to Cedar Point with this guy that I had the biggest crush on. Like I was his super friend. You know, when you like a guy and as a fat girl, you always like if I can get in a friend position Eventually, I'm going to be such a good friend that I'll work myself into that relationship position. Yeah, he's going to know he loves me. Because I'm the one for him, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. we decided to go to Cedar Point together. And um, big girls, if you are over a certain way, don't go to Cedar Point on a date (laughs) with a guy you like. Just go there to eat, but don't go there. And if he want to get on rides, especially if he's skinny. Yeah. And so he looked like Chico DeBarge, so he was very attractive. So I felt like when people seen us, they was probably like, why is he with the big girl, right? And so we got on that. You were having your Janet and Chico. Oh, wait, no, wait. She was with the other DeBarge. It was probably, it probably looked more like Restibusha and Norbit moment (laughs) type of thing. But we got to the, uh, we got to the, oh my God, girl, because I was a big, like, like mm-hmm. always looking like I was marching or stumping like Miss Sophia. Girl, like, I know exactly what you because I gotta get there right. <laughs> so we get on this one ride and it's like the little zipper ride where the gate closes because it flips and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we got on there and saw the guy is going pulling us in and they fat you know you gotta fasten your seatbelts but it's gotta come over your head, head. and go in. In between, yep. yeah, I got a lot of stomach area at that time yep. like restitution. And so when he was going to close it. 
it wouldn't close. So mm. they, at this point, it didn't kind of slow down around. Because, you know, normally they could just go around and click, 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 click. Yep. All right. Click. Go ahead. Click. Go ahead. And so now they you're, got to Now me. you're a nuisance. Now, yeah. the other guys, they're already closed to everybody else to where they're now at my art thing. And so the guy is like, okay, well, push to the point where they were pushing so much that now I'm kind of like smushing a date. And he's like, no, let us out. Let it like, oh, my God, girl, oh. like he couldn't breathe. It was so embarrassing because, oh number one, God. we couldn't fit on the ride together. Mm-hmm. And, number two, I was squishing the fuck out of him. To, it was like. We just stopped this whole ride. Everybody is looking at us, and not in the mo. And even worse than that, I wish they had got it fastened because I would have just su- suffocated him and not gave a shit. Yeah. But the most embarrassing part was having to get off uh-huh. and walk your ass out of there. Right. Like go walk around and go somewhere else. Like okay, we can't get on this ride. So <laughs> that was most of the day of not being able to fit on rides, and he was just like, "It, it it's okay." Yeah. It, it's it's it's. But it really wasn't okay because. Um, no, I feel you on that. Like airplanes. Mm-hmm. Airplanes were embarrassing for like, especially both of us being bigger people, mm-hmm. you know, like sitting next to each other. And I'm like, I need a seat extender. You know, like that was my most embarrassing when it came my to that. My husband made me comfortable with the seat extender thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about the seat extender, honestly. But he was like, yeah, just get a get a seat extender. See, I didn't know about it. Yeah. And the the. When the when the the uh, flight attendant has to tell you, like we're gonna go get you a seat extender, you're like, yeah. oh man, all right, my belly's this big, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, it. it's crazy. So he, he he would take the he would take the brunt of it because at that time he was smaller, so he would always kind of cushion, yeah, me feeling like I was spilling over into somebody else's seat. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see here. What's the weirdest not safe for work content you've ever come across on the internet? Safest, but not for not work. not safe for work. Something that was like dirty that you've come across on the inf- internet that you've like anything like wild that you've seen that you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's see. No, because I'd be looking for stuff like that. You I'd look, be you looking for I'm crazy like, I'm stuff. Hoping I come across my screen, like what you say? <laughs> the chicken deal. What with the what? I want to see it. <laughs> I don't believe you. We, All I think I did want to see was the R. Kelly video. Urinate on a young lady. I didn't ever want to see that. You never wanted to see that? I was never one of those people that wanted to see somebody get urinated on. Yeah, like, I seen that video. I didn't. I, it was I mean, it was it was going around the internet. I think somebody sent it to me back then. Like, it was wild. Like I've never yeah. seen it. I might be it, one of the... Two of the only black people. I think maybe three black people. <laughs> three black people in the world haven't seen the <laughs> R. Kelly <laughs> video. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I've never had any interest. It was totally passed around like crazy. It um, was. It was like number one at Blockbuster. And then everybody was like in his corner. It's. It was crazy. Because she was like, um, her parents didn't really press charges, you know? Yeah, you don't talk to me about the R. Kelly It's thing. wild. No, Surviving yes. R. Kelly. Watch it on Netflix. <laughs> I did. You know, I, I giggled a little bit, and it's nothing funny about uh, pedophilers or right. that target young women. But I, oh, I, you know, R. Kelly is definitely wrong, but I definitely feel like these parents, and being a young female growing up, and you could attest to this, Stephanie, mm-hmm. we lie about our ages. Mm-hmm. We do things, and mm-hmm. we, we look for older men because when you young, not me, because my mom and daddy kept their foot on my neck. But especially back then, too. A lot of a lot of girls our ages did that. We yeah. we would brag about having a guy that worked at Chrysler or mm-hmm. he was at high school that came and picked you up and had money so you could be the freshest girl in school or the dope boy that sold drugs on the corner. You thought you were an adult. 
So it'd be weird to me that these same people, when they went through our Kelly thing, was like, oh, my God, he's so horrible. But then you were hearing this same, with you surviving R. Kelly, these parents saying, yeah, I'm taking my daughter to the studio mm-hmm. and leaving her for day, days at a time with this grown. It makes no sense. Where that we know, known to do drugs, mm-hmm. known to, to, to drink, known that it's a party atmosphere. So why would I leave my... Like, you're leaving your kid with the remix to Ignition. My mother got married when she was 15 years old. Her cousin got married when she was 10 years old. Mm, And at that time, it was acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah. My mother's cousin, who got married when she was 10 years old, her and that man remained together until he died. And she was happy. Mm -hmm. She never felt like that she... But again, they were born in 1930. Right. So at this time, and down south. Very so different time Because time. you're not going to school all day. You you help in the fields. and be, when you You're get working so old, when you're 10. They started that whole 18 and get out shit, really, mm-hmm. back then. <laughs> like, right. It wasn't us. If it was up to them, it would have been 15 and get your ass out of here. You look wrong right now. But, right. Um, so that's why I was like, I have mixed emotions. I have a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely wouldn't want to see what an older man. But I think a lot of times... Greed was the frontier of that movement with mm-hmm. R. Kelly. Because well, he, and your mother was a younger woman with an older man, too. My mother was... And, and get this. I didn't know my mother... My mother told me vain, like, like real short stories mm-hmm. about, like, being married or whatever. But I never knew what my mother went through as mm-hmm. a young bride. My mother... Uh, until she died. My mother died in 2004. Mm-hmm. 2010, my, my, her younger sister, I went to go visit her because her husband just passed away. And she told me the story about my mother's husband beating her every day. And she had got pregnant mm-hmm. and lost a child to stillborn due to the, the rape and the abuse she received. But mm-hmm. get this. 2002, I put that man back in contact with my mother. I went to her hometown to visit because mm-hmm. I never, you know, just wanted to have been there in so long. And went into a restaurant that was supposed to be one of the best barbecue restaurants in Starksville, Mississippi. Okay. That he owned. I didn't know it. Because, again, my mother didn't really talk about it. And so when I went into this place, he said, oh, my God, your mother's name. And he said her full maiden name. And I was mm. like, that's weird. I was like, yes, that's. I was excited because, again, I'm in her hometown. So this must be somebody Somebody she knows, yeah. Because, I, again, my mother was like 40s, in her 40s when I was in elementary school. So my right. first memories of her is an older housewife at home, leave it to beaver mom, never yep. went anywhere, didn't Had smoke, her shit together. Didn't gamble, yeah. anything. And so when he, he said, I said, oh, yeah, that's my mom. And I said, let me call her because now cell phones just came out. So I right. called her. He said, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. He said, my name is Sonny Nichols. I said, that's funny. My dad's name is Sonny. But his name is Willie, but they called him Sonny. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, she's married and did it. Because he had never seen her. He, she left. Right. And so when um, I called her on the cell phone, I said, hey, mom, I got somebody here to want to talk to you. She said, okay. And I put him on the phone, and he kind of turned his back and walked away. And then he came back. He gave me my phone. And he said, give me your number. And when I got to the phone, she said, do not give him the house number. Mm-hmm. Give him my cell phone number. Right. And I said, okay. And she said, all right. And she hung up. She still didn't say anything. I come to find out the reason why my mother migrated to Michigan is because this man um, tried to kill my mother. Oh, Jesus. My mother, when I was a little kid and sit on her lap, she had a scar from one side of the back of her neck to the n- another side. It was a keloid. And I said, Mom, what is this? She said, if a man hits you once, he'll hit you again. If a man hits you once, he'll hit you again. Mm. Always leave. And I thought, like, this woman is crazy as hell. She would tell me this so much that if a man even seemed like he was raised, I was like, oh, oh, you're not the one for me. Mm-mm. Because my mother, oh, this man, the reason why my mother migrated to Michigan is because this man, when my mother left him because he beat her so bad, raped her so bad, he had yanked her. My mother had long flowing hair. 
Mm-hmm. When she went home, her mother had to tie her hair in strings like buckwheat to get her hair to go. He snatched her hair out. Damn. When she left him, and was, they would have to have her leave I out in the streets to go with her. A man would have to be with her to leave out the house because this is how crazy he was about her. He, she would have to be escorted by her brother. So she was one of 15 kids. Damn. This particular day, her cousin, her brothers wasn't around. Her cousin had to go into town with her. She had to go do something, and he found out that she was walking down the street with a man and ran up behind her and went to go cut her head off. So he <gasps> cut her from one side of her neck to the other side of the neck. Oh, and if my he, God. If her cousin hadn't threw his arm up, he would have killed her right down the street. So she couldn't even heal up properly. They got her enough to where she was stable, and they shipped her to St. Louis to live with her cousin. And once she was healed enough, she moved to Michigan where two of her older brothers had was oh here working Lord. at GM. I never knew that. The wildest story. Up to 2010, my mother had been gone six years. She had never told me. And your auntie told, told you? She never told me that. Damn. My mom worked for a mob family in Detroit. I never knew that lady. I never knew that. Yeah. Like, she lived such a life that I said, why she never told me that? And my auntie said she did. To protect you, too, though. And that's what she did. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being 15 and this man was saying... Um, because again, I couldn't go outside, and I would be on the balcony, like in, you know, looking at whatever, reading or whatever. And this grown old man would come by every day, and be like, I'm gonna marry you, and it would scare me, like it was, mm-hmm. it would frighten me. Yeah, that's creepy. House. And one day, my mom and I told her he would say this, and she could never catch him. And mm-hmm. this particular day, she um she was standing by the door, and I was getting up to come in, and she said, Oh, and she came outside. She said, Let me tell you something. If I ever see you around here again, I will kill you. I fight men. And I had never, because my mom was like this little church lady. Mm-hmm. So I had never heard her say nothing like that to nobody. And it kind of <laughs> made me ratchet. Laugh. What happened? Like, <laughs> what happened? He never. Never like, did? He, he apologized. And she told my dad. So when my dad seen him again, my dad made sure to go mm-hmm. ahead and reinforce what she had said. But right. she was, she was, she wasn't that, she wasn't that to play with. She called my job one day and told him, I'll come there and kick all you bitches ass. <laughs> so yeah, she wasn't no job. Mom ain't nothing to play with. Rest in peace. What number are we on, Ben? Number five. Number five. Okay. We got a little off track, but I'm hey, sorry. I love that mom story. Oh my God. Nita. Wild. Nita was a real one. Amen. Uh, amen. God bless. Damn. Okay. Let's see here. What funny saying would be written on your tombstone to describe your life? <laughs> on my tombstone to describe my life. Or do you have like a saying that you live by that you would Amen. probably put on there? Amen. That is that is it. That means I agree with it. It doesn't mean that I'm super into church or I'm Bible told. That just means that I agree with you. So I would say amen. Amen. Okay, I like that. Um, all right. Uh number six, right? Okay, number six. Correct. Okay. So you talk about watching mukbangs, right? in your set um, because of bariatric, you know, it's a way we get, get, let that out. Um, what is another kind of like weird habit that you have? Um, let's see. Not necessarily because of bariatric, but you know, just a weird Something habit weird. in general, anything in general. Cause people can, would think watching mukbangs is weird, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, this sounds horrible. I'm going to tell y'all. Okay. I like to watch TikTok videos of very disabled people <laughs> so that I can feel good about myself. Yes. I don't, I don't hate that. I, I don't mean, I, hate I, I, it. I mean, I'll go, I'll, it'll stroll up on my For You page and I'll go through their whole history. Like, it's, oh my God. Like, like, 
what happened to her legs? Or, you know, yeah. why is her mouth like that? Or why? Oh, he ain't got no chin. And they just be doing the, the, the most, like, I'm just normal. Like, I'm just doing normal stuff here. And I'd be like, you go. You go. Somebody, Les Brown said, listen, 80% of people, you like, like, quit telling everybody your story because 80% of the people don't care and 20% are happy that it's happening to you and not them. And I thought, like, I got to be goddamn 20%, honey. At this point, I always be like, it could be worse, bitch. It could, it be, could worse. be worse. You just lost the toe. That's okay. Wearing that boo, shoe boot. Yeah. Is way better than somebody I mean, have to push you around. I'm not gonna lie, like seeing people not doing as well as you <laughs> it makes well, you feel better. Don't I mean? And but, I'm I mean, not knocking. I don't want no, them to be doing bad. I don't like, want. But that's where they're at, and we just are like, thank, thank you, God, for not putting me in that know. position. You know you what know? I mean? And like, they be finding love, like girl, it's the two oh in a wheelchair, God. and they yep. all disformed, and they all mm-hmm. folded up, and they in love, and I'm they like, in love. And you up here crying over, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the little girl from TLC that's like, she looks like she's like eight years old. I used to watch that show. I, I mean, I used to be Little Women, all the Little Women's franchise, baby. Oh, the Little Women, the old girl. Yeah, no. Like, I, I love uh, I, I, I love little people. I love little people. I love little people. They're so cool. Like, Brad Williams is one of my favorite comics to watch. He's so funny. So and then funny. I know I could never be friends with him because I, it'll be like, it's just a fetish friendship. And I'm like, I'm so <laughs> Sorry, like I think you are amazing. Amazing, I promise you. Okay, we're at the seventh question now. Okay, so you're a mature woman in this in this game, and you feel you're you you still you said you told me the other day you were like it's what a year and a half for surgery no 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 for um for comedy yep 20 months yeah July but i mean like you kind of had done it for a little bit before probably you know, like a month for, okay all right so okay <laughs> all right all right well, so i don't know if it counts that's all so like, you're I new know. so you're a baby in comedy basically like we're still babies in comedy anybody yeah. i say five years and under is a baby in comedy still i'll take that you know um so where do you see yourself as a comedian in five years as a comedian and a mature woman too because it's like we're old as fuck you know i don't claim that stuff <laughs> you know what they say about the black you don't crack black don't crack Fat don't so. crack either honey i know and i'm still I'm thick lo- listen i lost all this goddamn weight i don't know <laughs> so i'm just gonna stick with the black gene mm-hmm. but i am multiracial so i don't you know i'm only got a percentage of that but what other races um real quick i'm like uh girl definitely white and um, I know I'm Nigerian. I got, I left my thing at home. So. Got a Native American? Oh, de- oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I was gonna Native say American. definitely Native American. Definitely. I mean, like we all have that in the mix. Yes, completely. My, um, my dad's uh, actually my dad's mother. So we could trace it back all the way to my dad's mother's mother. Okay. Now I don't have no casino or nothing. Yeah, I know. When we try to get into it, um, I was told it was Blackfoot is where she came from. But, okay. But so definitely, definitely Indian, Nigerian. Like, um, I always tell people, like, the slavery thing, I I, I know where I came from. Like, right. we, we, we actually know where we came from in Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, so we have um, actually, went, my family has gone back to visit where we originally came from. And my dad was supposed to go, but unfortunately he passed away in 2002, okay. and I think they went in 2003. Okay. Um, so where, five years. so yeah, in the next five years, where do you, where do you see yourself and all of this, uh, heritage that you have behind you? Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Um, coming back to do the Fox, coming back yeah. to the city of Detroit, doing the Fox, definitely traveling and, um, get, you know, doing like, I don't, 
I don't want to just stay in Michigan and do comedy. Yeah. I definitely want to travel and I um and I definitely want to I don't know if comedy is going to be it for me. I, I I had a prophet speak over me and told me she was like, "Yeah, I definitely see you speaking." But it may not be comedy, and it's not the first time I heard that because I really do like talking to people and inspiring people. No, you're I, you're one of like my favorite people. Like this is probably one of the best episodes I think. Like uh-huh. we've like you've been so real and like open. Every single conversation I've ever had with and, you has been like that, and I can't help but to be that. Yeah, and that's the, and that's the truth. So I, I it's endearing. Like it's, that's your biggest endearing factor is that you you make people comfortable. Yes. You know, comfortable enough to to share. And you know, it's you know? so weird. I don't like people. I know. <laughs> I love people. I love, love, love them. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, too many people, too many energies. I need to get away. I need to. You be love them myself. in small doses. What's your What's your sign again? You said Sagittarius. Okay. Yeah. No, that's why. Because like I'm a Cancer, and it's like we have that same kind of connection with people. We can talk to people all day. I love you. And then, but but we don't know when to say when. I'm learning. You know how to learn, like how to take care of yourself. Sagittarius know how to take care of themselves. Listen, this year, and I'm probably like since this weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. Um. It has really self-love. Like I said, I got in contact with my ex-boyfriend, and I think he was the one that really, really, because he kept it so real that a lot of times I blame so much of stuff. Because, you know, sometimes you just blame life on other people when you don't take responsibility for yourself. Yeah. And he reminded me, like, do you remember? Mm-hmm. I used to tell you to get up and go walking, and you would tell me I was wrong, and I'd be like, this is, because he was military. Uh-huh. So if you've ever been with somebody that's a yeah. military, they don't have that sugar coated. It's just it's raw out the. No, you have it. There's a there's a purpose, and you have to get you have to accomplish this mission. Yeah. Yes, I have to take yeah. him in small doses because even now, like he follows me on Facebook, and it'd be so weird, and he'll congratulate me on my weight loss mm-hmm. journey or say stuff like that. But then he'll say, "Hey, I just saw you eating frosted flakes on camera. Why the fuck <laughs> is you eating frosted flakes? And you know you was fat at one time." And I'm like, "Well, goddamn, yeah, so, like don't." And he'd be like, I'm just being honest with you. You knew you was diabetic. So I appreciate I it. I wasn't injecting lard into my throat. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like I was eating frosted flakes. Like, it's They're like okay. a crackhead. Once you get off crack, you don't just go hit the crack every now and again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, okay. Well, great talking to you. Dude, I had to tell my have husband a great one day. day. Like, have a great day. Bless you, sir. Bless you. <laughs> but blessed. I do appreciate him. But, again, I, I was trying to method, but the best in life. That's why you the. No, it's, 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 it's funny because people do come at you critically. I mean, like, I mean, like, I've had people that were very close to me that are like, uh, you know, oh. I mean, that's why I make the joke. Like, yeah, I've had I've on my year 10 of my weight loss journey. I know it's messing you up because I'm still fat. Right. Because people are like, why are you still fat? And, and I'm judge. like, and, and I'm like, like, and I'm not fat. Like, this is literally what I looked like in high school. And I have a little bit bigger of a belly because I had two children. Right. You're a woman. You know, and the thing is, is like, it's like you who are you to judge me? It's like you don't understand what we go through. Like we were talking about it earlier off off air. Um, you know, I used to with with gastric sleeve you can only eat four ounces and if i over ate four ounces i would have to literally make myself throw up mm-hmm. and it's 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 grueling and it's it's hard to like learn how to adjust to all of these t- things in the matter of time that even just the even the lead up time like the month and a half two months before your surgery and when you're doing the liquid diet and everything like it's a whole life change i'm telling you and that's how you find out how strong you are and you do I, I listen to a lot of manifesting videos. I do. I read a lot of books now, mm-hmm. like Joe Desponza, Les Brown, Abraham. And the one thing I learned is quit listening to other people. Right. And then I had to learn how to talk to myself. 
learning to talk to yourself is so important because the things that you say to yourself is how you portray yourself on the outside. And we wonder why people treat us the way they treat us or why this ain't going the way I want it to go. Yeah, but if you're we- self-deprecating and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not giving that confidence off. I learned that in oh comedy. God. And I would say to myself so much, I'm too fat or mm-hmm. this happened to me because I'm fat. Right. Or I'm not going to do this because I'm fat. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not good enough because of this. Or, dang, I was stupid. For, and I'd be like, girl, what the hell is, why do you say these things to yourself? Exactly. You are your worst enemy. So my last tattoo I got is actually to remind myself, self-love. Self-love. And then it's cracks and stuff like that in the frame. And that's just to remind myself, like, you're going to go through heartbreaks. You're going to go through disappointments in life. Mm-hmm. But it's still life. Yeah. And you have the choice. On how you're gonna respond to things. People can't make you respond to nothing. And no. I have to sometimes, I don't argue with nobody. Right. I will shut down and be quiet mm-hmm. and will bless you and walk away because mm-hmm. at this point in life, like you said, we're mature women now. Yeah. Like, I, will, I don't have time to lose no peace over you. You don't pay my bills. Right. You're not in my body. You don't you're know what I'm You're not taking away through. my energy. I don't have it for you. Yeah. I, I, you too much. That's too expensive for me right now. So in five years, I plan to be motivating somebody and traveling and um i could see you as a life coach for real i'm not even kidding yeah i promise you like doing yoga classes i got into gong meditation and hell yeah so yes still stuff we're gonna have to get together and do it i'm telling you i got a yoga studio right down the street and like we're trying to put together like a bunch of comedians to go and like go do yoga that want to like i think we should do yeah for sure be like like, the women's luncheon once a month maybe a a a yoga thing for bariatric patients that can't really eat and then there's always um um shout out to Haley zurich she always always is doing yoga stuff too it's like she's always throwing different um events and stuff so we could always have to tag me in that because that's what i'd be looking for now i'm like because i used to look forward to going out to eat <laughs> right? Oh my god, girl. Let's get together. I, I mean, literally it's so funny cuz it's like now if I'm getting like excited over a meal, I'm like I literally have this little plate in front of me and I eat my like five or six bites. Did you see my plate yesterday? I had yeah. the biggest plate. I had like two meatballs, yep. like a big old scoop of spaghetti. And you're like, "Whoa." I ate one bite. My, I felt so bad like Yeah, my eyes are way too big for my stomach. I'm like fat Keisha showed up. Unfortunately, <laughs> she still does not know. Fat Keisha made I my plate. I still go to the store and buy fat ass clothes. I just bought like two pairs of jeans that was like mm-hmm. a size 16. Oh, and they're way too big for you? My husband was like, "What the hell is?" And then the, this is the bad part, y'all. I don't like taking stuff back, so now I got to find somebody to get these goddamn 15 <laughs> brand new jeans from. And he like, I got a, like a big bag of summer clothes that still got tags on them because I was losing so much weight this summer yeah. so fast yeah that he was like you could resell them but i'm like dude if i have a garage sale you can totally bring them over here and sell i don't them. even like selling tickets to the comic vibe or these comedy shows. <laughs> well then I, i'll just buy clothes. the i'll buy the bag from you wholesale and then i'll sell it at my garage sale <laughs> i've been telling myself Do i'm gonna take them to the full and fabulous uh, okay for big girls and stuff to yeah sharon dumas shout out to, to to the full and fabulous um that is who actually helped me with my confidence as a big woman too not my mother always my mother and my dad yeah but Miss Sharon Dumas, who is the founder of Full and Fabulous, uh, that promotes healthy living for full figure young girls, um, she did plus size modeling competitions. Nice. And got us recognized like on Channel Seven. I got interviewed mm-hmm. with Ebony Magazine. Like, okay. Hey, you know that in the hood. That's like, bitch, you made it. You got <laughs> yeah, clout now. <laughs> well, you got. So yeah, shout out to Miss Dumas and Juicy because Juicy is affiliated with that too. Juicy's she, amazing. I yeah, love her. She got. I got the opportunity to perform. 
this summer uh, in front of Kim Coles and um, John John Hendricks from Living Single. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was because of Full of Fabulous and Juicy. So. Okay. okay. Okay, that's enough. That, that no, girl. and then anything else you want to promote? Because we're going to get, we're gonna get uh, finish this up and wrap it up. So. Um, no, I think we've talked about me. everything. Absolutely. I was like, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Keisha underscore no underscore I-E-Y-E. Um, I'm also on Facebook. As Keisha No I, and then um, on Instagram as Keisha No I. So okay, um, and uh, everybody, just a quick little thing with what we're doing, what what I'm doing. Um, March 24th, Craft Cannabis Club. We have uh, the Kinky Comedy Show uh, on uh, Friday night. It is uh, Melanie Hearn will be featuring. Kevin Johnson's going to be doing our guest spot, uh, and uh, Jason Vest will be headlining. Uh, Jason Vest of Butthole Fame from uh, TikTok and Michigan's Prettiest Butthole Competition at Deja Vu in Lansing. So make sure if you want to uh, want to see Jason before he takes the stage at the Butthole Competition and see what kind of material you're going to be working with, um, come out and uh, get a ticket for that. You can find the link on my Instagram and my TikTok um, and my Facebook page. Also, April 8th. Parts and Labor Bar, the Downriver Diva is coming back to Downriver. We are doing the Downriver Diva Cup for the first time Ooh. in Downriver. I'm excited as hell. So, real quick, Diva Cup. We mentioned it before, but uh, Keisha was supposed to advance. Keisha's, Keisha was actually, she had to go and, and host uh, for Miss Joyce, right? I perform, yeah. I was you had to perform for Miss Joyce. Yeah, yeah perform for Miss Joyce. And so she had to leave Diva Cup, and then um, her replacement ended up winning. <laughs> Turn it. It was it was wild though. So many good competitors. I went the first year. I hate I couldn't make it the second year. Yeah. And so I I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna sign up. And and then when I had promised Miss Joyce, I said, you know what? It's gonna be so convenient. I probably won't win, but I love you, Steph. So anything you do, if you call or if you put it up, I'm like, oh, I'm there. I'm coming. I'm yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So that is that was that was, but that was wild because that's never happened. And I had to pull an audible, and I'm like, well, I was outside with the judges, and they were like, well, the the I was like, who would your eleventh pick be? And they had said visionary. Yeah, Heather reached out to me. Shout out to Heather. I yeah. love her to pieces. And Toy Two Toss reached out. They said, "Where are you at? You won." I'm like, "Like you were, you were one of the uh, runners or in, in the, the semifinals?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but it's fun. It's really fun, right? It, it was a ball, and it's it's everybody like one minute, and I'm like, it's not what you think. And I love the fact that you don't have time to think because it's just really random shot questions, like pop. It works that muscle more than most. I'm telling you, yeah. I think it works good. I think any comedian that is, has not done it, they, it's something that is going to sharpen your skills, mm-hmm. sharpen your knives, what they say. For yeah. sure, for skills sure. Sharpen steel. So. For sure. So that's April 8th at Parts and Labor Bar. You can check out my Instagram. My uh, we, we I post daily. Uh, the Eventbrite link is on there. You can get $7 tickets on Eventbrite. Um, it's $10 at the door. And uh, our theme is totally 80s. Um, I'm going to be, I am totally, I got a whole Madonna outfit, Keisha. Okay. I got to get a new one. I already, <laughs> I already have an 80s outfit. But oh, you, you do? Know, somebody already seen me in it and I already put pictures on Facebook. So I and, can't redo it. And the twist though this year, this time, this this year, we do it every couple months. Um, the, the twist this show is that we are doing a draft where we are drafting the 30 comedians that will be participating Oh, that is so cute. 
Oh, that is, I should have just borrowed that from you. <laughs> I still got the tutu and stuff, so girl, let me know. Um, but uh, 30 comedians will be drafted out of um, the whole pool that we have compiled, which is like around 40 something people. So Definitely it's not going to be like that intense of a draft, but like, you know, we do have to cut it down to 30 just to keep our time restraints where it at. This last one, we had, we went on way too long, but you know, it ended up working out because there wasn't any other comedy that night in Hamtramck. So mm-hmm. it was like all the comedians were already at Diva Cup. So we just hung out and had a great time. And, um, and anyway, so the other thing that I want everyone to know about is, uh, I appreciate you all for listening to Sanctioned by Stephanie. This is, we are now two and a half years into this game with this podcast. Um, and we are coming up to, um, our, uh, our hundredth episode. Uh, we're planning to do a live show. We will have more details about that soon for you. Um, but thank you for listening. Always make sure you follow and like everything that we do and the comedians that we promote here on Sanctioned by Stephanie and in the Detroit comedy scene do. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.